but I, but I do think it's important to try to get to know these dudes on a, on a different level. It, can, it can't always be about basketball. And again, it's another way to let them know that they're not just, uh, uh, you know, a, a cog in this engine of trying to win games for you. They're, they're, yeah. you, they mean more to you than just, you know, uh, going out and helping you pad your career record or whatever. Welcome to the Jamodi podcast, where we interview coaches and leaders to find out not just what they do, but how they do what they do. Becoming the best version of ourselves is Jamodi, just a matter of doing it. Today, we are joined by head men's basketball coach of McKinney High School, Wes Watson. I had the honor of being Coach Watson's varsity assistant from 2008 to 2013. After 21 seasons as McKinney High School's head coach, the Lions have won 350 games with 11 seasons with 20 or more wins. Coach Watson has been District Coach of the Year four times and the 2021 MISD Coach of the Year. There's not a better coach or human being out there than Coach Watson. Before we hear from Coach, take a moment to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social media at Jamodi Podcast. Matt. Coach. Are we already recording, like like really recording or not really? Well, we're like really recording, but I'm going to go through and edit everything. Excellent. Probably be a lot of editing. <laughs> Have the bleep button ready. No. <laughs> no, I will uh, I will do my best to refrain. Coach, yeah. I, there's no doubt. Man, you look good. Man, that's very nice of you to say, but you always say that. Well, you're, you're, my you're, job as your lifelong assistant coach is to make you feel like you know you're you're the the best looking, smartest, most equipped person in the room. That's my job. And no one ever did it better than you. You got that quality. I mean, I remember one time when uh I hadn't worked out in like months, I don't think. And I I'd like worked out like earlier that day. I'm like, man, I worked out earlier. And you go, Yeah, you look good. I'm like, what are you talking about? But that's just who you are, man. You get that the consummate point guard mentality, trying to make everyone around you better. Uh, it's the it's the Magic Johnson effect. I mean, it he, is. his goal was to make everybody feel like they could do anything. And in my, I, but I'm I'm not done. Like I'm still like you're drinking that as you're drinking that protein shake right there that morning drink. Your bicep, you know, is ripping out of your shirt. So it's like I, I'm impressed. This is the part we're definitely editing out no, here. No, actually, I, I actually, I'm, I'm planning on putting all this in because this is real. This yeah, is uh, yeah. so. I, I've been. I mean, I've I've had uh, just the honor of getting to talk to a lot of cool people, and but I'm so excited to have you on. And uh, so, I thought a few things preparing for for your episode is one. It, uh, after my first year of coaching at Naaman Forest uh, and coming up to McKinney High School to interview with you, and then that interview quickly but turned into just you and I talking hoops for about three hours, mm -hmm. and it was just special right from that very beginning. And and I've always I was always honored to be, in your words, your prized bull, and uh, and and hopefully still am. But then I thought, okay, what are some of the things? Uh, there's so many things with basketball that I feel like you taught me and helped me with. Uh, but then there's even more to that. There's life, life lessons. And uh, 
you and I were big Starbucks fans and at the time. And so I was going to, you know, maybe get some Starbucks and I, I, my order at the time was like a vanilla mocha, you know, latte, something like that. And he just, you, you looked at me and he said, Matt, you know, if you really want to be a head coach one day, you, you drink your coffee black. And I coach right, even right now, I've stopped before I came here. This is just a black coffee. And what you taught me came true. And I'm a better man for it. So thank well, you. That may be the best advice I ever gave you because it's 100% correct. Uh, and if, if there's anyone, any young coaches that happen to stumble across this podcast, that's probably the best piece of advice I can give you. Black coffee. I tell, black I tell my health students that all the time, you know, and, and, and un, un, like everything in my life, I was a little late to the party, you know, uh, like all of my friends. Now, now, this is all subjective, of course, but like all <laughs> my friends in high school loved Rush and they loved you too. And I was just like, eh, whatever, you know. But years later, I started to love both bands. And, and, and I didn't drink coffee forever. You know, my family, big coffee drinkers. Uh, my, my wife, huge coffee drinker. And it really wasn't until we were married that I started drinking coffee and I gradually found my way to the greatness of black coffee. So I tell my health students all the time, I said, kids, you're really fortunate that I didn't stumble across, you know, black coffee, uh, much earlier in my life because I probably wouldn't be here in front of you right now. I'd probably be running a fortune 500 company or something like that. So and of course, they just sit there and look at me. So, uh, completely honest, I, the, all of all of this beginning part, um, it's going to make it in there because it's all gold. And uh, and but uh, it, it usually I try to, you know, I go through and I like to pick out some of the the major golden nuggets that that uh, that I learn or that you know I hear in the, in in our conversation. I don't know. That might be one to all the young coaches out there. Drink your coffee black. And uh, yeah, you'd be just, but no, I, those five years, man, I just so enjoyable and the friendship that we were able to, to create throughout it. And, and really, I mean, golly, out of, out of everyone, you know, that I've been able to be around, I can't think of, of somebody that I worked with that, that decision kind of that we made to press and run and gun and start to play what I think we would call just the only way to really play, you know, to start to do that. Like that was super uh, important uh, for my journey, but that was all you because I, up to that point, I mean, I never played that way, never been coached that way. And, and so it was pretty cool that you and I were able to just to take a chance like that. Well, so you went, you just did it again there. You, you, you gave me way too much credit there. Okay, because the reality is, and let's go ahead and for the record, let's get this straight right here. You were much more instrumental in this deal than I was. I, you know, I remember, you know, when, when I hired you, uh, you know, that when I interviewed you, like you said earlier, we were there for about three hours and, and it, it, it was awesome. And I walked out of there, you know, thinking I got to get this guy. Uh, I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was the perfect fit for our program at the time. Perfect fit for me. Uh, obviously our friendship is, you know, has continued to develop, uh, through the years. Um, uh, but you know, we, you know, that I was looking to kind of make some changes that year and I needed some fresh ideas and, and, you know, you had a great background, 
you know, you played for, uh, you know, a guy that I admire, Tommy Thomas at the Colony. And, and I remember calling Coach Thomas and, and, and talking to him about you. And he basically told me you would, I would be doing myself a disservice. If I did not <laughs> and that's all I needed to hear. And I, you know, it's just, and it was just, just a little validation. I, I'd already kind of felt those things after the interview, you know, and, uh, but anyway, uh, you know, I remember, you know, we, you could, I was a motion coach for, for years, years and, and loved it. I, uh, cause regardless of what we've ever done, I always uh, have felt like, hey, I want to teach the kids how to play rather than teach them a bunch of plays. Right. Right? Teach them how to play. So if the defense does something, we better have a counter for it. And uh, so I love coaching that way. And, it, and my, you know, I studied Bob Knight, Don Meyer. I uh, had a couple of uh, really good coaching friends, uh, uh, Brad Mauser, who was at Timber Creek, Jody Bass, who was at Highland Park for years, and at Marcus, picked their brains a lot. Uh, and, and that was that was what, we did at McKinney High for my first eight or nine years, and uh, and I loved it, and I thought it was the best way to play. But we had a really good point guard, you know. We had GJ, and and I wanted to to, to you know do something that maybe fit him a little bit better. And and that first year we were together, we we ran ball screen motion. Yep. And, uh, and it and it and it was good for us, you know. We had it. We had a you know we had some two really good players with him. Uh, you know, with Bo Smith and Bo Smith and Nico Mucci. Nico, we could pick and pop with. He shot the three at fifty percent. Uh, and I remember early in that year, I was like, "Hey, man, I, I really am intrigued by you know the dribble drive stuff too." And uh, we we so you kind of started looking at it, and we we uh, we kind of dabbled with it. But I don't know if you remember. And I'm not going to mention any names. We we played a team early in the year that year that ran dribble drive. And, and I, you know, we were able to switch a lot of their actions and, and, uh, I just, I didn't yeah, love that's it. That's right. I, and, uh, so I, I kind of shied away from it. And then late in the year, we went up to, to Sherman and district game and they were really good. Um, uh, and, you know, they were switching all of our ball screen stuff. They had, you know, they, and then they, they wound up getting a lead late. They took the air out of the ball. They beat us that night. And I was like, man, we got We got to have something else. And, 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 and we put a pretty scaled down version of dribble drive in for the last, what, five or six games of that year. Yeah. Just fell in love with it though, right there. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I, <laughs> I look back on that, man, I was like, man, I wish we'd have done this much sooner because it, it just fit, it fit GJ perfectly, yep. you know, cause he could just go by people and, and Bo and Nico and a lot of those other guys, you know, Bo and Nico could have played in any system, you know. Uh, and then some of those other kids, it fit them really, really well too. So yeah, and and and, and you know the, the next year we took a you know we took a dip. That was a really good team. Mm -hmm. And then the next year, we weren't as good. And uh, you know we had some things happen early in the year. We lost a kid early in the year, and he was the guy we were thinking was going to be our our point guard. And uh, and we we were trying to run dribble drive, but we couldn't go by anybody. <laughs> and uh, yeah. So, and this is the only time I've ever done this, Matt, in my entire career, because I've always believed in trying to stay the course as much as you can. Uh, the worst decision I ever made was, hey, we need to go back and run motion. How does culture drive performance? Well, I mean, that's the that's the, the big buzzword, culture. You know, everybody kind of talks about it. Uh, it is, I mean... You know, it's 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 the driver of performance. It is every, I think everything 
you try to build your program on that culture is going to be the foundation. Uh, you know, if, if that's in place, if you've got a, a, a sturdy foundation uh, in place in terms of your culture, then you're going to get the buy-in that you want. You know, it, it's, it's, I think it's what drives buy-in and ultimately buy-in is what you're going to have to have to be successful. So uh, you can, you can be a great schemer. You can spend time scouting. You can do all of these things. But if you don't have the right culture to build all that, to put it all on top of, the, you're going to be really frustrated. So I think that's the, that's where it starts. You got to you got to establish great culture, and then and then you can kind of you know build it from there. So how is it? Twenty? You're going into your twenty second year. This will be twenty two at McKinney High, and twenty first is the head coach. Yeah. Okay. I don't know how many other coaches in DFW are have been at a place that uh, is there Brackle Brackle uh I, I, there's got to be someone else I, I was thinking Think about, about it I mean Peeler hasn't been there for 22 years at, at Highland Park no because he was at West yeah he was still at West when I was in McKinney's we played them uh you know I, Tommy over at, at North Crowley is a yeah I know, I know, I feel like I'm missing someone. I know, you know, Dyer retired, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm pro- we're probably not thinking of someone, but yeah, so, it, it so has you're, been a long time. You're one of the, you're one of the godfathers, basically, of, of <laughs> DFW basketball now. Uh, but I think when I ask you this question, it's, it's really unique because one, uh, a lot of people have coached for 22 years or longer. That's, mm-hmm. that it is special, but it's not, what unique is that you've been at the same school. So you've, you've, you've managed a way to keep that position for a long time. It has to be with culture. So even though culture can change and shift depending on your players and depending on, uh, you know, even the times, I mean, society, when you started, think about that. When you started, cell phones didn't do very much, you know, at McKinney. Um, how have you been able to sustain a certain level of culture at McKinney for 22 years. Mm. You know, let me, let me say this. I, let me go back a little bit. Cause you were talking about a few things. I've been there a long time. Uh, I've had multiple principals, multiple yeah. campus coordinators uh, that I've had to work with. Uh, I think it's important, you know, in anything that you do to have the ability to work with other people. And you you can't be so demanding on you know if this is my way or the highway. You have to be willing to compromise some. So in terms of being able to keep my job, I was very fortunate. My first few years, our our, our program had kind of hit a bottom. Uh, we were we were a really small school competing in the largest division. Uh, we had kids that played incredibly hard for us, but we just you know, we just didn't match up with the people we were playing with. So my first three years, we were, I mean, I, I jokingly say from a, from a record standpoint, they were resume killers. You know? so <laughs> it took years to get on the, on the right side of that. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but uh, I was fortunate to, to, ha- to have an athletic director that understood that it was going to be difficult early on. Rusty Dowling, uh, you know, he was the one, you know, he came in for Coach Poe uh, right before my second year at McKinney. And when Coach Belcher, you know, left to go to the University of New Mexico, uh, like the second week of school year, 
I was, you know, was the odds on candidate to get the job because everybody else had a job, you know? Yeah. So anyway, so, so, so Coach Dowling, you know, he, 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 I got the job and, and he, he knew it was going to be tough. And, uh, and, and fortunately, uh, they, they were, they, they were willing to be patient. Uh, and then I think the fourth year we, we got to where we're about average in that fifth year, we were really, really good. And then since then we've been pretty good, uh, most years. So I was fortunate with that as far as being able to sustain it, you know, uh, I think again, it goes back to relationships. I mean, you know, it's, you know, uh, I think in anything you do, relationships are going to be important and, and you, 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 you try to have positive relationships with your players, with the parents, with, and sometimes the parent relationships tough because, you know, they're, they're kind of looking at things through the tight angle lens and you've yeah. got to look at it through the wide angle lens and do what's best for the program. But you, you try to have, you know, good relationships with your parents. You, you, you sell them home. Hey, look, you're not always going to agree with me, but we're doing what we feel like is best for your kid and the entire program here. Uh, and then just, you know, just creating an environment that the kids want to be a part of, you know, and, and we've got a lot of kids right now that have aspirations of playing college basketball and, and, and will play college basketball. And one of the things that I've always told our guys, look, I'll, I'm, I will never get in the way of that. Anytime you need to get in this gym, I'm going to have this thing available to you as often as you need it, you mm -hmm. know? So I, I just, I think that's important. So it's, it's important that I invest a lot of my time. So I have to make sacrifices, you know, because I could be doing a lot of other things during my off time. But, but if those kids want to be in the gym, then I want the gym to be open for them. I want it to be available to them. So uh, I think, you know, we've established a culture where the kids believe that, hey, our, our staff here really is invested in us and, and, and they, they want to do anything they can to help us get to, you know, our, our goals. And uh, so I think that's been a big part of it. And again, it, it all goes back to, you know, your relationships and how you, how you treat people, how you invest in people. Coaches, the Jamoti podcast is powered by Biology. What's your BSA score? The Biology Skill Assessment is the only verified skills metric endorsed by the NIA and NJCAA to discover and develop the best talent for your team. This 10-minute, 100-shot test can be taken for free today on the Biology mobile app. Elevate your game. Obviously, with, with your style of play and everything, I think you, you're, you're pretty known for that, but what's something else that makes your program different? Man, different. You know, because because if you would ask me what makes it different, I, I I would say my 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 answer would have been the style of play, yep. uh, and the fact that I think that you know we're we're gonna pretty much stay the course. We're gonna keep doing what we do. Uh, we you know we, we may tweak it here and there, but you know we're this we're we're gonna play fast offensively. Uh, we're gonna we're, we're gonna hopefully make it entertaining in the, in the process. Uh, we're going to play really, really hard. We're going to be competitive, uh, you know, and, and our kids are going to act right. It, but, but, you know, a lot of people can say that. A lot of people would answer it that way. So what makes us different? I mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, we, I don't know if it's any different than anyone else. We try to make it uh, as fa a family atmosphere as much as we can. We work really well with our girls program. We try to, to work 
together with them. Uh, we do everything together in terms of our, uh, you know, we do our preseason cookout together, try to develop some camaraderie there. Uh, we've actually had our banquet together a couple of times the last nice. couple of years, which is, which is tough because that's a lot of yeah. kids you're trying to honor in, in, in a short period of time. But I think that, you know, our, our two programs get, get, get along really, really well. Deb and I have been together for goodness. I mean, she's been at McKinney High for almost 20 years or yeah, so. Yeah, that's rare so, to have that same boys and girls program going yeah, in that and, direction. And, yeah. and we're, and we're, and we're, we're a lot alike in terms of, you know, what, what this is all about. You know, she, she, you know, she talks constantly about, you know, this is educational athletics and, 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 you know, and, and there's so much more to this than just rolling the ball out and, and, and you know, and winning and losing. There's, there's so much, more to it than just that there's so many lessons there there's just you know things that these kids even the kids that don't play very much are going to take with them the rest of their life and they may not see it now they may see it 10 years from now uh but you know you just try to instill all of these you know character things into these kids along the way to where you know it may be their marriage or it may be you know something some relationship at their job but they're able to handle those things better, you know, because mm -hmm. of their experience through at, with athletics and, uh, and with basketball. So, you know, I think we get along really, really well with them, uh, our girls group. And, uh, but really, I mean, I, if, the honest answer for me again, is it's just how we play, yeah. you know, I hope, I hope, I hope it shows that our kids are having a lot of fun when we're playing, you know, you know, they're playing hard, they're playing for each other, but they're having a lot of fun. I don't know if that makes us unique because there's so many good programs in this area. And there's so many guys out there that do just an unbelievable job. Uh, and that's not just the liker, Coach Watson, saying that. You, you, would, you would agree with that. I there's do agree so, with that. So many great programs out there. Yeah. So I don't know that that makes us unique. I know that we do our thing our way, and, and our kids seem to like it, and, and our younger kids seem to want to be a part of that. Uh, and, and we and we try to sell our older kids on, hey man, make sure you're setting a great example for these younger dudes because we want them to want to be you one day. Yeah. You know, not not they don't you know we don't want we want we don't want you setting such a poor example that you know they're like hey I want to be the opposite of that dude you know right we, we, right okay. uh, one one of my favorite things in getting to do this so the I guess the little tagline is it's not what you do but how you do what you do. So a lot of people talk about good culture. Yeah, that's 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 what we have a good culture. But how? How do you do it? And 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 some of the things I love to hear are the either different um, activities, uh, you know, acronyms. Um, like so, for example, one of the things I think we do really well with our culture and and keeping older players still involved is we do legacy letters um, for every for every number that's played so a number 11 if that kid graduates he writes a letter about what that number meant to him and some advice for the next 11 that where's that number so but then before our season we will i'll tie i'll print those out and you know sometime after you know it's, i'll be this is my ninth year here so we'll have quite a few 11s that have come through and so they'll get two or three letters from those different guys and so that's something we do that I, I think is like a cool activity that's special. So 
with your and think about with your guys with meetings or anything like that, what's something that you guys do that you think is specific to to your your program or something that you've learned from someone else? Man, you know, you know, with my ADD, I'm going to go all over the map here with this. Okay, and the, the, let me start with again. I love younger coaches, bright coaches, great. I, that, I love that. What you just now explained that is awesome i will probably steal that you know uh I, i've stole so much from you, you, you uh, take, never you know, but no no I, I mean i i remember going over to your place a few years ago to watch you guys work out you know uh just because i want to see kind of some of the stuff that you guys are doing uh but no i love that though i love that uh I, i'm not the creative genius that you are i you know i I, I, I'm a pretty simple guy. You know, I, I feel like the, 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 the easiest way into a player's heart is through his stomach, you know? So one of the things that we've done, my, my, my assistant coach, coach Patterson and I, we both like to cook. We both like to, we like, we like to barbecue. Uh, and, 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 and on a couple of occasions, you know, we've, we've smoked brisket, you know, done some pulled pork, you know, done some sausage, done some ribs, uh, stuff like that, feed our guys, you know, because hey, we, we, we ask so much of them, you know, during the season, man, they're, they're, they're investing so much time and, and people don't understand. I don't think how much is demanded of a, of a high school varsity basketball player. You know, when you hear about the kids in college that have all of these demands and you played at the division one level, but you had an incredible amount of academic support available to you right uh, you had so many things in place college students don't have to go to seven classes a day five days a week that's yeah. a that is such a grind yeah and then yeah. on top of that we're asking these kids okay and then you got to practice after school and then hey we're also going to have you come in on saturday morning so we can look at film and, and get a weight workout in and get some shots up and talk about our next opponent and all that stuff so i mean that's and Matt, it, our season is so long, and and so you, we got to find ways to to make it enjoyable for them along the way. So we'll so we'll come in and you know we'll feed them breakfast on on Saturday morning sometime, and uh and and, and or we'll we'll have a dinner for them, you know, where we we invest our time and our energy and our food, and and I just you know just stuff like that, you know, I just it it it, it means a lot to us. I just you want your guys to know how much they mean to you, how much you care about them. And then and for me, the, the, the way I celebrate that is I like to cook. <laughs> awesome. But no, I, I think that's really good. And I, uh, because of the conversations that you can have with the kid in doing that, what, one thing I struggle with is I struggle meeting with them or having times where I'm around them that it's not centered on basketball. So you're right on the money with, I love the line about it, the easiest ways to their stomachs. You never know what's going on, you know, at their house at that moment and, and things. And so, you know, it's a, if it's, you know, sweet baby Ray getting, getting some uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in our office, you know, back in the day. And, you know, but, but I, I, I don't, don't, don't make that a small thing. I think that's really wise what you do and uh, something I, I could be better at. Well, what you just said is so important, man. It's 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 really easy 
to get so caught up and like you know Jacoby Walter for us right now he, he he's he's he is on the short list of the best basketball players I've ever seen and I get to watch him every day and 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 uh I sometimes I just sit there and watch him I'm thinking goodness gracious this kid is so good and and it's but it's not just the fact that he's talented it's his his approach to everything that he does and uh and, we, and you know and you know but he he hears that all the time. He, he he's got people talking to him about basketball all the time, and 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 you know every now and then you just gotta put the brakes on and remind yourself this is a 16 year old high school kid. There's you know he's probably got a lot of other things uh, in his life too that he that he that he cares about. And you know I had the fortune of having him in health classes last year. You know getting to you know pour I, that I, pour life into him every day. Oh, bell yeah. bell the bell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, I get to, you know, I, I have the kids do writing responses every now and then. It's so, it's so cool when you get your players in class and, and you get, you get to, you know, with some of the, some of the, you know, cause one of the things I had them do was, okay, hey, what do you want your life to look like after high school? You know, what, when you, when you graduate high school, okay, you know, what, what, what's your plan? You know, you're going to go to college. Uh, where do you want to settle down? Do you want to get married? You know, how many kids do you want to have? You know? Tell me what your family, what you want your family to look like. It's just, you know, what's your, what do you want your future to look like? And, and uh, it's really cool, you know, to, to read your players, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, and, uh, and, and obviously with some of them, you know, basketball is a big part of their future, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, but then when they start talking about, hey, this is what I want my family to look like, you know, it, it's, it's really cool. Uh, but I, but I do think it's important to try to get to know these dudes on a, on a different level. It, it can't always be about basketball. And again, it's another way to let them know that they're not just, uh, uh, you know, a, a cog in this engine of trying to win games for you. They're, they're, yeah. you, they mean more to you than just, you know, uh, going out and helping you pad your career record or whatever, you know, that I, and I, you know, we want to, I, I, here's one of the biggest things for me, Matt, is, is I love staying in touch with our former players. You know, I love, you know, hearing, you know, hearing from our former players. And, and I probably, that's one of those things I think you have to be purposeful about sometimes because life hits us all fast. You know, you and I, we don't, we, we've stayed connected really well, but man, I, there, I wish we hung out more than we do, but we're so busy, you know. Coach, I wish I could stay, you know, to stay in your couch again, you know, like I did back in the day. <laughs> I wasn't going to bring that I up. I don't think my wife would would uh, appreciate that. Uh, hey, babe, I'm just going to stay over to Coach Watson's, you know. And I was not going to bring the couch up, but you did spend many a night on that. Yeah, couch. that's that, again such a fun time though of of growth. And you know, staying up late talking hoops, and then the yeah. the, the the you're 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 being okay with with me doing that. Your your wife and you know two little kids being okay with this random uh, assistant coach. But you know, one thing I remember back at McKinney, the the capturing hearts uh, slogan was really big, and we got to capture their hearts, you know, every day or the first week. Not to make a fun of that term at all, you actually do a really good job of of that to where. Uh, I do think your players uh, believe that uh, or know that it's it's more than basketball with you. And I, man, I want it to be. I want it to be more like more than that. And doing my best, 
but then I, I do get, I, when I get to talk with guys like you that I, I know, and I saw it, I know that you do a great job with that. Well, I appreciate it. The Jamoti podcast is powered by Sideline Interactive. Sideline Interactive is the leading manufacturer for high quality, innovative scoring tables and LED video display boards that help coaches and schools bring more excitement to fans, create huge fundraising opportunities and make their jobs easier. Visit sidelineinteractive.com to check out their amazing products. How do you teach shooting in your program? Uh, okay. How do we teach it? Well, I mean, you mean like from a fundamental standpoint or just like what are some of the things that we do? Uh, both. Okay, both. Well, as you know, you know, uh, so much of it starts down at our feet. Okay. And, and, and we will be... Uh, and we'll spend a lot of times as we're watching them like during warm-up stuff. And and you use the same terminology, good feet, good feet, good feet, you know, such that as you're watching them go through, you know, all this stuff. So uh so it starts there with us, you know, we talk, okay, you know, feet hip width apart. Uh, you know, if you're right-handed, right foot slightly in front, if you're left-handed, left foot slightly in front, uh, you know, you know, elbow in, wrist cock, we should see wrinkles in your wrist. Uh, try to make sure the offhand's not, you know, affecting the shot in any way. If you're right-handed, it's kind of by the right eyebrow here. Hold that follow-through. All of those things that we all teach. Uh, but then when we get into our actual drills, you know, when you get that that part. And, and I think it's really important, and we do stress this, man, get in here and spend a lot of time close to the basket. Really take, you know, the time to do some of the boring stuff. And what's crazy is, some of the best players we've had, some of the best scorers we've had would spend a ridiculous amount of time right there close to the rim. You know, E.J. Clark led the area in scoring when he was with us his senior year. Uh, Byron Scobie a few years back led the area in scoring. And they would get in there, and they would, and, and man, E.J. Would, was fanatical about it. He, he might stay three feet away for 30 minutes, you know. Mm. And but, but those guys were obsessed with shooting, you know. And uh, – so, you know, starts there, make sure we're, we're grooving our shot, you know, taking some time to, to, to get it going. Don't, don't just walk in the gym and start jacking up threes. But once we get going into our drills, I mean, we shoot a ton of threes. As you know, we've already kind of discussed that. Uh, but everything we do, you know, we, we preach working out a triple threat. Working out of a stance, you know, you, you hear stance all the time when it comes to defense. Right. But, no, I, you need to be in a stance on offense. You need to be ready to play the game. And one of the things, you know, I told the guys in the spring this year, and I think it's so important, and sometimes we maybe lose sight of this, is urgency is a skill. Nice. Urgency is a skill. I mean, you you have to have that to play this game at a high level. And uh, – and, and what does that mean on the court? Well, it means being in a stance and being ready to play, being urgent about it, you know, and that's that's part of it. Uh, so as we're doing everything, you know, we're butt down, we're hands ready. The wrist is already cocked, you know, to where I'm, I'm, I'm eliminating any kind of wasted motion once the ball gets to me. Uh, and then, you know, we, did a, we do a lot of the same stuff you do. We do green, yellow, red shooting. But one of the things I've gotten away from, you know, we used to do eight-minute shooting, you know, and that would get kind of monotonous. And I think they lose focus of, hey, being down in the stance, be ready every time for eight, because you know, attention spans are getting shorter. Sure. So what I, what we started doing late in the year is, okay, we're going to do all this stuff, 
or we're going to do it in one minute increments. Okay. We may work five spots. We may, we may work right corner, right wing, top, left wing, left corner, but we're going minute on, minute off. Okay. And we tell our guys, okay, varsity guys, you need to be making at least 10 in a minute here. You guys, you, you know, you, our top shooters, you need to be shooting for at least 12 makes in a minute. And, you know, and we chart all that stuff, you know, but, you know, I think if you make them, Hey, you're only going to go for a minute. Okay. Uh, it, they're able to, you know, stay engaged with keep, you know, maintaining that stance, working on that shot prep. Whereas if you drag it out over four or five minutes, they, they, they tend to lose focus. And, 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 and then that, that there's the whole fatigue thing too. I mean, God, we do green, yellow, red, man. And some of our guys start getting tired on those right. that last minute, you know, and I don't know how game like that is, you know, when you start getting tired and you're. Yeah. Like physically worn out, not talking right. about legs, not talking right. about lungs, physically worn out with your shoulder. I mean, there's an aspect of conditioning there, but yeah. I think, I think when you, you nailed something like the, the reason players miss in games is they practice too slow and they yep. don't practice with pressure. And so how many things, how many times when we're working on their shooting in practice, do we allow them to be too slow and they don't have pressure? And you're right on the money, eight minute shooting. It's something that I, I've, I've done a, a ton and, or we, we start our practice out. So skill work in the period after school practice, we start our practice with a hundred threes, made threes. So they, groups of three, make 20 and then switch until all three of you have done it at five spots. They have 15 minutes to do it. The only reason I'm okay with that, that mm -hmm. volume mentality there is because of all the pressure that we've done with them during the period. So one of the reasons I bet why your guys make shots is there's a shorter time component where they know they have to give a certain amount of speed and then you to give them a 12 makes in a minute, like that type of pressure it's the only way. How do you want to make, how do we make more shots and games? Practice with speed and pressure. And I think you're right on the money there. And we, and we do, we do a lot of things where, you know, like anyone else where that next shot's going to have some pressure on it. Where, so, so man, you got to make two in a row before you advance to the next. In a rows, man. Or, it's all about maybe, in a rows. Maybe three. And sometimes here's what I really like is when you group them up. And I think everything needs to be competitive. Yep. Every single part of practice, if you can make it competitive, whether it's, okay, we got five groups in here and they're all competing against each other, or if it's two groups going, everything needs to be competitive and there needs to be consequence for losing, you know, and we still validate wins at the free throw. There you go. Yeah. You know, but, 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 you know, it may be the, the in a rows. Okay. You, you two guys, Okay, we're going to go for two, we're going to put two minutes on the clock. I'm just throwing a number out there. And we're going to work those five spots. And as a group, you two, you got to make three in a row before you can advance to the next spot. How many three in a rows can you get in two minutes versus everybody else in here? Yeah. And, and, and you've got to, I just, you got to challenge them with stuff like that. Otherwise, they get into that lull and they, and you get frustrated as a coach because I, I go back to urgency and, how I think it's a skill. Well, it starts with us. Mm. We've got to be the one that that bring the urgency, uh, and then and then then they start to kind of see. Okay, this is how this is the way. Okay, and then it becomes kind of a player led thing. They start to see hey, when things are starting to slip, and they can kind of correct themselves. So at least that's what you hope you get to. But confidence. I think when you're running and gunning, shooting mm -hmm. confidence becomes 
such a big thing. How do you address that? How do you get your players just pushing through misses? Man, I love this one, you know, because uh, you get – I don't and I don't want to get off. You get parents sometimes, well, he's just not as confident as he is with his summer team. Well, he's not playing on his summer team anymore. Right. Right. You know, it's uh, – it's not, it's, it's, it's a different group here, you know, but coach, but coach, when he's outside on the driveway shooting from 15 feet and there's no wind, no pressure, the sun's shining and he's had the best day in his life. He makes them all. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, so I, I think I start with this, you know, to me getting, you know, obviously technique is really important. So once you get your shooting form correct, than replicating that repetition. I think I've always said repetition is what brings confidence. You putting the time in, you putting the reps in, that's where you get your confidence. Okay. And then when you, you know, within the team setting, you got to be able to do it at game speed, like we've been talking about, you know, uh, and you, and, and it's our job to create practices that, you know, allow for that to happen. Uh, you know, and in terms of us, you know, you know, getting our kids confident, you're not going to get pulled out for missing a shot. Okay. Now, uh, I'll, you know, kids, kids take bad shots, you know, and, and, you know, that, that may need to be addressed, but, but, if, but if you get a clean walk-in look at a three and you miss it, you don't, have, you don't have to worry about looking over at the scores table. Yeah. Cause I remember as a player, <laughs> even though this is a long time ago, but I still remember how I felt as a player when you missed a shot in your life, you're kind of looking over, you, you never want to play that way. So that's one of the things that we've tried to create within our culture is you don't need to be worried about it. Look, as long as you're playing really, really hard, taking care of the basketball, valuing the ball, you know, not blowing defensive assignments, you don't have to worry about that over there. Okay. If someone's over there, it's probably because it's, you know, you know, we, we, it's, it's his time to come in or whatever. We want to get you a blow. You don't have to worry about mistakes. Okay. Uh, so I think that's helped. Uh, and then, you know, if you, if we have a really good shooter, you know, Devin Vincent shot 46% behind the arc last year. Let's just say he misses his first two or three from behind the arc. I don't necessarily want him to quit shooting them, uh, but we may tell him, Hey, Dev, get downhill, get to the rim, get yourself to the free throw line. Let's watch that ball going yeah. through the you know, time to, and he's really good with that. And, 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 momentum, momentum is, is real, mm-hmm. you know, and, and there are times where you just start out and you have Mo right from the very beginning. There's yeah. other times where you've got to manufacture Mo the right way and, and having those conversations with your guys. One thing you, you talked about is, you know, guys not shooting bad shots. And I think a common misconception with playing fast is that, you as a coach have to allow all of these bad shots and, and you just have to stomach it. They're all just jacking it. I mean, AJ Mutri would shoot 20 to 25 shots a game. And you and I would always be amazed with like, I mean, we're okay with all of them. Or yeah. maybe there was one that was forced or contested or too fast. But if you trained them the right way, and you, they all understand what a good shot is with shot selection. You get he, great he, shots. He he may be the the greatest example I've had. I mean, he led the area in scoring uh, his senior year, and and I just never felt like he took a bad shot. 
I just never felt like that. Oh, that's, that's, come on, man, you're forcing. I never felt that way about him. And uh, he's a smart kid, you know, <laughs> and, and he had a good understanding of what, what a good shot was and what a force shot was. And, and I think he also understood that, hey, if I give this up here, okay, I'm probably going to get it back. I trust my teammates enough that if I, if I, you know, break the defense down and pitch it, there's a good chance it gets back to me because they, that, that team wanted him shooting the ball. So I think that helped too, you know, and, and, and that's the, that's one of the keys to it is, you know, you get these really, really talented kids, you know, you don't, you don't have to feel like you have to take that real, that tough, contested step back 17 footer, you know, the, 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 yeah. the worst shot you could take. Uh, because if you've drawn two people and you pitch it and you're a good enough shooter, you've, you know, you got everybody trust you, you're going to get it back, man. You're going to get it back. And, uh, uh, and it helps when everybody, if everybody understands that, then, you know, the, 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 the number of bad shots in the game is, is it goes down dramatically. I think a way to help everybody understand that is, again, it goes back to the way that you train, the shooting games that you play, what you chart, what you have them. Like every game that we play, we're either writing their scores down in front of everybody or they're coming into a circle and they're saying what their scores are. So to me, that reinforces shot selection and the – understanding of who should be getting one mores and who should be shooting daily daily if i hear this kid okay green yellow red 65 golly i'm 30 62 golly i'm 32 every day if i'm kind of open that dude better be getting the one more yeah. and so again it how do you guys play so fast and not shoot bad shots it's the way we train and the way we talk every single day Exactly. I mean, because the, the kids know. I mean, it's, it's exactly like you said. There's a pecking like, order that happens. Yeah, there, there, there is absolutely a hierarchy, you know. Yep. And, uh, and, and you know, it's hard for some people to – it's hard for parents sometimes to understand that. But that's – I don't care what level you're at. There's a hierarchy. I mean, yep. uh, Jason Tatum is not going to take the same amount of shots as – Marcus Smart, Marcus Smart's a smart player. He knows that hey, Jason Tatum needs to be getting those right. shots here, you know. But but you know what I'm saying? Not it's not equal. It's it's not equal. Uh, there's and, and here's the thing: there's so many things in this game that you can do to bring value to winning. And uh, and and you if you do enough of those, because we had you know that that 2010 2011 team. I mean we we had some kids on that team. They weren't necessarily great shooters, great scorers, but it, it was the things that they didn't do that was mm. so great about them. Yeah. They didn't turn the ball over. They didn't take bad shots. You know, we could always count on them to make the right play, you know. Uh, That's a and, good way to look at it. Uh, they were great because of all the things they didn't do. That's, yeah, I, mean, I like that. And that's not a bad thing. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's kind of like the, you know, we train these kids up. I had a kid the other day or a few years back. I was like, man, you know, you're a two-dribble guy. It's like, coach, I don't want to be a job. I'm like, dude, there's nothing wrong with being a two-dribble guy. What's, what's wrong with that? Can you get from here to there and two dribbles? Yeah, okay. Well, and he was a finisher, but he wanted to be able to be one of those guys that could break a guy down. And I'm like, we, we got dudes that can do that. Yeah. Be able to shoot the ball really, really well, be able to finish at the rim. Uh, one, one way to, I think, to 
get everybody under understanding who should be breaking the ball, who who should be, you know, breaking down guys and who shouldn't be is play one-on-one a lot in practice, yeah. play one-on-one a lot in practice with different rules from different areas and, and with uh, playing different people. And again, it's just, instead of having to talk about it, just show them. Um, yeah. hey, go ahead. You, 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 I'm glad you said that because we can do all of these individual drills. We can, we can, do all the stationary ball handling, the two ball stuff and chair drills, chair attacks, finishing a variety of ways, euros, pro hops, all of this stuff. And they're great. They're great. But it comes down to putting it all together against a defender. Mm-hmm. And, and the best thing we can do in practice, and we just had our freshman camp this past week, is put you in one-on-one situations. Whether it's one-on-one full court or, and that's really the one that exploits people, uh, or, or it's just half court from a dead ball, and you've got X number of dribbles, or whatever. And you gotta, you gotta work off a jab or a shot fake or whatever. And you, you gotta go try to score. But that is how you become a player, because that's when you're putting all of that together. And as a player, again, it's a long time ago. I hated it. Getting in a stance, guarding dudes. I was so yeah, slow. It exposes. I didn't want to do that. But, you know, one of the things we try to sell our days on, but if you really want to be good, this is what you need to be doing. you got to get out of your comfort zone. you got to challenge yourself. Uh, I mean, go against people that are better than you. And I, I think, you know, as a player, I struggled with that. I wanted to, I wanted to be the better player. I had a hard – I wish I could go back in time. And, you know, and we, we, you know, as coaches, we, we, we learned so much and we, we wish we knew these things as players – but if I could go back in time, man, I would have encouraged the butt kickings. I would have tried to seek out better players to just beat me and, mm. and force me to get better. And, uh, you know, it's the whole iron sharpening iron mentality. And, and you can't take it easy on your best friend in practice. You're not – you're doing him, you're doing this team a disservice if you're not going really, really hard and being competitive. So Going back to uh... – Game speed. So I think that's like culture. It's a buzzword. Uh, you know when you see it, but how do you train for it? And Jay Wolf with the shooting strap, the mm-hmm. guy that you know you put around. I, yep. I, I was able to talk with him, and I'll share his method because I'm going to experiment with it, and I think you'll you'll like it. But so you take the word game speed, and uh, I'll let you try it first. Say it as fast as you can. Game speed. No, no, no. As fast as you can. Game speed. Yeah, better. So where you game speed. You almost only hear the g, the maybe the m and the yeah. you know the d. Try one more time. Game speed. <laughs> game speed. Game speed. <laughs> so like that. That's that way of saying it. Now he says that when you're it's just a shooting game that you do when leather touches your fingertips and you're going through your motion, you have to say and shoot it at that speed Yeah, with it, with good form without, without changing something up that I tried it in the gym. That's fast. That's, that's game speed with your feet, leather touching your fingertips, you're prepared. And then with an efficient motion, it's straight up and it's like that's I'm going to experiment with that. I think it'll be its own shooting game, more of like a 
<clears throat> not really, there's not a, a goal or anything. Cause some of the times when you're teaching a skill, you know, that you can take the competition piece out and you can just teach. But I think instead of saying, Hey guys, like we need to shoot game speed right now, have a drill that demonstrates that, that you can refer to. And maybe you do every other day. Um, what are your thoughts on that? That's interesting. I, I hey, speak. yeah. You got to try it. You have to try it. I, I may try it myself before. That's right. I try it with guys. You know, you know, but, but that, that is something that has to be trained. You know, I've had guys ask me, hey, coach, what, what, what do I need to do to get my shot off quicker? Well, it's what you're doing before the shot, before the ball gets to you most of the time. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, and then, of course, the pass is really, really important. You throwing know? a strike. Yep. Yeah. yeah. You, know, uh, you don't throw a strike and, you're, you know, you're having to, you know, field it over here on your opposite knee, you know, that's you know, probably shouldn't shoot it, number one. But, uh, you know, but it all, it's all about the shot prep and, uh, you you know, leather hitting the fingers, like you said there, I like that. Uh, you you got to train yourself to take out all that wasted motion. The butt's yep. down, the hands are ready. And, and, and when that leather touches the hand, if you're in rhythm, it's it's going up man it's not it's not a dip it's it, it, it's catching it and it's going up and you know because you're you're only open for a little while and then, oh and, yeah it, and it's just once you get to the bro once you get the higher up in levels you go there is so little window the window in, the window oh, closes and is, so we've got to teach our guys too and this maybe comes back to shot selection that open needs to become less and less for you. You you need less space to be open. You need less time to be open. And I think like one of the, so Tyler Costin, that was such a great conversation with him about shooting. The first thing he said was, we've got training all wrong. We usually train on makes or or accuracy. He said, but you have to train speed first. So I've adopted that at faith. Like we're on any game that we gonna that we're gonna play uh, or there's certain games that we play where I, I really just need to see your speed first, your ability to work hard within the game, but get a certain amount of shots off. Um, he, he talked about uh, Robertson from Miami, how they wouldn't bring him up from the D league until he could get 12 attempts in a game, not makes just attempts because attempts, just getting those shots off is hard being prepared, being quick enough, and then having the mental fortitude to push through misses and, and, and work. And um, so I think we, we, need to, we need to be practicing with that speed part first. You know, that, that's, that's real interesting because you said, you know, on the surface, that's get 12 shots up. That seems pretty easy. And most people would think, oh, yeah, I can get, I can, I can get 12 shots up. It's not that easy. Nope. No, you can't. Yeah. You know, dudes are long they're athletic they cover so much ground there's so little time to get shots up and uh i mean it, all those all those little things uh matter and getting 12 shots up is is an art yes you know, especially yeah. at, especially at that level with 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 those dudes covering up so much of the court <laughs> the jamoni podcast is powered by the laser the most advanced basketball training system ever created it's designed to help players develop their change of speed, pace, and direction. This state-of-the-art and award-winning technology tracks every move of your body 
and every bounce of the ball while it gives you video-based instructor-led guidance through over 275 signature NBA drills, workouts, and brain exercises scientifically proven to train the reaction time and decision-making for real in-game situations. For more information, check out handlefitness.com. 22 years at, at the same school, uh, I got to ask this question. What's one thing you would do differently if you could start over in coaching? I would probably, you know, obviously I would, you know, we're talking about assuming I know, knew then what I know now. Okay. Which is, yeah. would have been great in, in anything, but, uh, I would have I would have made this switch a lot sooner. I, I, I look back at some of the teams, and, and again, man, I loved running motion offense. I I loved it. I mean, it, it was just I just felt like you know you're teaching kids how to play, you're teaching kids how to read the defense, how to come off screens, how to get yourself open as a screener as as those guys cut uh, or make their cuts off of you. I loved it, man. It was you know it's a purist deal. Yep. Uh, but, but I just, I look at, I, I just am so sold on how we play now. I wish we could have made, I wish I would have known enough to have made that switch. Then there were some teams that we had that I think we could have given a better chance of securing a playoff spot or maybe, maybe advancing further in the playoffs had we been playing this way sooner. But I, but again, you know, it's just one of those things, you know, uh, you know, dribble drive wasn't a, a big thing in 2001. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> so, you actually and, had posts. Back yeah. Then. Yeah. You know, people were playing with their back to the basket. We were, yeah. Hey, if you see their numbers, throw it in there to them. And Hey, throw it into big rock. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but I, I, I mean, that would, that was, that, that's, that's the easiest answer, but it's the true answer. I wish I, and even if it wasn't, you know, my very first year, I wish I would have made this switch sooner because I think there's some teams that could have really benefited from mm. it. You know, because I, I, I had some I had some teams and here's here was the problem with with motion. I had a team one time that had two really good point guards. OK, uh, but neither one of them were very good off the ball. They just they just they weren't good off the ball. So playing them together was difficult. You know, uh, whereas if we were do, if we were running dribble, they would have been perfect. They, yeah. it, it's because, you know, with, with what we do now, we've always said, hey, you want if you can have two guys that can break the defense down and, and get it started, man. And you got guys around them that can shoot. Yeah, that's where it's at. And that's, you know, I look back at that particular group and think, man, I could have really served those kids so much better if we had been running this then. Hmm. Coach, I think it's time for the speed round. Okay. And, well, and I can't wait because oh I, I, the, for me, the pleasure is going to be, I, I think I might know a lot of the answers, but seeing maybe if it's something different. So um, wait. quick questions. You just blurt out the first thing that hits your head. Ready? Okay. Favorite ice cream flavor? Chocolate chip. Texting or talking? Texting. Favorite holiday? Christmas. Invisibility or super strength? Uh, super strength. I knew that. <laughs> if you could travel back in time, what period would you go to? Man, that. 
uh, it's not much speed here. Uh, I don't know. Okay, uh, that's fine. You, you you can pass. You can pass. I'm going to pass. Okay. Favorite junk food? Ice cream. Favorite childhood TV show? Ooh, the first thing that came to mind was Leave it to Beaver, so let's go with that. Nice. <laughs> Two more. How many cups of coffee do you drink per day? Uh, five to six. Yeah, let's go. Black. Yeah, Black. absolutely. Absolutely, because you're a head coach. I may throw, you know, like this, and I may throw a little cacao in it. You know, some, some cocoa powder. Just a dab. Yeah. Did yeah. you really kick it up a notch? I'm not judging you for that. I'm not judging you. Antioxidants. La- last one. Godfather or Star Wars? Oof. Hmm, coach. Be uh, honest. This is going to make me seem like a nerd. Probably, probably Star Wars. Let's go. <laughs> coach, I, I, thank you for telling the truth. Well, yeah, and that's what that was because, man, there's so many actors in The Godfather that are just Hall of Famers. Yeah. I mean, Robert Duvall, maybe my favorite actor of all time. Mm. And uh, so, to, but, but I, just, I just remember the impact that Star Wars had on me. Yeah, I just, I the remember, dark versus the light. Yeah, it, it, well, and 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 I remember being I don't know eight years old or however old I was, and going to a theater, not a big, you know, Cinemax, but a theater like in a building in yeah. Midland, Texas, with my dad. You know, because I'd heard about Star Wars. Hey, you got to go see Star Wars. It just that, that memory of going there and watching that first yeah. Star Wars movie with my dad. So that's why I say Star Wars. Okay. Well, I appreciate that, well, that but, story, and that's good. I, but see, a lot of coaches, I feel like, I feel like there's more Star Wars fans than mm-hmm. I've been able to hear about. Most coaches will say Godfather because they feel the, compelled. The, to the, yeah, the toughness part, or you know, I'm I'm cutthroat competitive of course godfather over this (laughs) sci-fi journey but man uh, i'm a star wars guy uh uh all the way through and and i just always knew that our connection you know i always knew the force was strong with you and uh but i didn't know why but i've been really bad about watching uh the other ones though like i I watched uh you know four five and six obviously yes and then and then i was slow and I remember my son was into them. And uh, so I watched, uh, what was the Phantom Menace, the first prequel? Uh, yep. Yeah. Phantom okay. Menace and then uh, the Clone Wars. And, okay. Yeah. Well, I remember, you know, watching episode one, two, and then finally three, the, which was supposed three. to be really, really dark. And yeah. I remember at the time, hey, we don't want, we don't, I, I, we can't let Noah watch this. That's right. It's really dark. <laughs> oh, oh, I so so he watches it without me. <laughs> this idea just popped. This this uh, memory popped in my head of you and I watching uh, one of the X Men oh. movies, <laughs> and and Wolverine just like gets a guy with his claw yeah. and yelling, yeah. and it turned out and Noah's there, and his mouth is <laughs> wide open. <laughs> I'll never forget that. That was great. He was like, I scarred your son, and I'm so sorry. Oh. But, he's, uh, he's adjusted well. He's, he's doing really yeah. good. Good. Well, well, coach, uh, that that was an hour and fifty three minutes, but it flew by. And I just want to thank you for uh, just one being yourself, honest and, and authentic, and 
and the real deal, but being my friend and the guy that, I mean, Jeff Clarkson hired me first. So I, I, I really appreciate that, but I had my, you know, the, I learned a lot and over those five years with you. And so I just really appreciate it, man. Let me, let me say something. I know you're trying to, to bring this all to an end here, but, but Clarkson, you mentioned him and man, what a, what a unbelievable guy he is. And, you know, this is, I think, really important in coaching. You know, he he reached out to me and, and told me, hey, Matt's over here. You know, I think you should interview him. And, you know, a lot of guys would be selfish, you know, and be trying to hoard, you know, a really good coach and not, you know, maybe looking not, – not looking at their career advancement as much as how they could help me, you know. And, and Clarkson, you know, he's one of those – he's one of the – best in the business man in terms of just doing things for the right reasons mm -hmm. and uh you know he he was going to try to help you help accelerate your career he obviously helped me a ton with the recommendation and man i i uh i will forever be indebted to him for for kicking that all getting that thing started and uh you know five years together man and i it, it was sad when we and, and, I, and i would have been selfish man i would have been selfish if i would have uh you know, try to keep you around any longer, you know, you, you needed to be a head coach and, uh, and I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for all the guys that have, have worked for me and have gone on to, to do good things other places, but man, you, you're always going to be the prize bull, man. Nothing will ever be able to take that away from That's you. That's right. The prize <laughs> bull. And I, I'm so competitive that I, yeah, I know you're kind of joking, but then also deep oh, down, I'll, but deep down, I'm like, that's right. Like you what, better not have another. <laughs> what's bad? What's bad is you know we kind of joked about that, but I remember and you may not remember this. I remember like running into people that maybe you hadn't met. Like I remember we 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 were at Boyd High School one time I think, and I ran into some lady that I'd worked with, and I think she might have been an assistant principal or something. I'm like, hey, this is Matt Simon, my prized bull. <laughs> She's thinking <laughs> what? But but when I was a bunch of weirdos over there, I mean, I was introducing you to people as my prized bull. People are probably thinking, God, what for those kid. assistant coaches out there? If that's not happening for you, you got to take a good look in the mirror exactly. and you got to find out, like, are you what are you doing or are you doing everything to make your head coach feel like a million bucks? And like he is just, uh, you know, <laughs> uh 100% true. Well, thanks, man. Uh, this was awesome. And uh, I know a, co a lot of coaches are just because of who you are and everything are going to get a lot out of it. So appreciate your two hours here. Man, we could, like you say, we could go on and on, man. I I, I love this profession. I love, you know, the, the, the relationships we've had with other coaches. And uh, this is one of the best things about it, man. I, I thank you for having me on. And, and by the way, I know this is me being really long way. I can't believe you brought me on here after the people you've had on this thing. You, I mean, you've had some like home run hitters on this thing already. And so it's an honor to me that you would think of me. Uh, and I, it's been a lot of fun, man. So. Coach, of course I was going to have you on and, uh, and I, I just, I would have put you on, on first, but I thought, you know, the, 
Scott Drew, the national champion, he should yeah. get that first one. I hope you understand and are okay with that. I get that. Matt, is, does this kind of feel like the long, awkward goodbye? Kind of like, was it was it Step Brothers where they're kind of wanting to bring it in for the handshake? Uh, you know, yeah, and or, or we've already said goodbye, and now we've walked out of the restaurant, and now we're by our cars having right. the next port. I hate the double goodbye. Like, I think that's a – so I, I refuse know. to do it. Like, I feel like if people are – we were the family dinner the other day, and – and people are starting to say goodbye at the table. I'm like, yeah. no, 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 no. Let's walk out. Let's walk out. We're not doing this right now. But um, no, all good. Thank you for checking out today's episode. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast, share it with your fellow coaches, and find us on social media for what's coming up next on the Jamoti podcast. It's just a matter of doing it.